Hello, everyone, and welcome to His Health, the show where we'll be tackling the health issues that are most important to men. I'm your host, Rick Malambri, and we're going inside the topics that men of all ages need to know and taking you out of the comfort zone when it comes to those health issues that men don't normally like to discuss. So let's get started. With me today is Dr. Daniel Getz, Chief Medical Officer at Providence Sacred Heart Medical Center in Spokane and board certified in emergency medicine. And today we're discussing low testosterone in men. The His Health Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Providence and Boston Scientific. Remember everyone, many of our questions come from our listeners on social media, and we can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. And before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Okay, so let's get started by welcoming Dr. Getz. Welcome back, Dr. Getz. It's a pleasure to have you on the show again. I hope you've been well. And for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous episode with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Providence? Yeah, thanks, Rick, and thanks for having me back. I'm the Chief Medical Officer for Providence Sacred Heart Medical Center and Providence Holy Family Hospital in Spokane, Washington. I'm also board certified in emergency medicine and did some additional training in men's health and uh, started a men's health clinic roughly 11 years ago where we take care of a lot of men that have low testosterone and issues with weight gain, et cetera. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. And well, we're today our topic is on low testosterone. So I wanted to start with the basics. What exactly is testosterone and what is it responsible for? Yeah, testosterone is essentially the male defining hormone. So when you look at the differentiation of male versus female sex characteristics, you kind of have two hormones that are responsible for that testosterone in males and estrogen in females. So testosterone would be that that hormone that gives us more muscle mass, that uh, gives you more body hair, that uh, gives you also as you age that energy, that vim, that vigor. Gotcha. And I would assume testosterone is important after puberty, but could you explain just how important it is? Yeah, absolutely. Testosterone plays a role in lots of different functions in, in males. Um, often we think of muscle mass, which it certainly plays a role in muscle mass, but it helps with bone density. Um, there may be an association with memory. It plays a very, very important role in libido and erectile function. Um, lots of different systems that, that are impacted by testosterone. Gotcha. And to dive into the low testosterone, can you give us an idea of how common low T is in men? Yeah, testosterone, the rough rule is after age 30. Unfortunately, for probably both of us, 30 is over the hill. We start to see a decrease in testosterone levels, generally of 1% per year. And a rough rule of thumb is um, by decade, um, that percentage would be deficient. So in the 40s, roughly 40% 40 of males could be deficient. In the 50s, 50% 50 of males and so on. Um, there's certainly lots of men that are well over 50 that have very, very normal testosterone levels, mm -hmm. uh, but also a fair number that don't. Well, what are some of the reasons that men become testosterone deficient? Do certain health conditions make it worse or maybe daily health habits? Yeah, all, all of the above. Uh, people that, that deal with chronic disease tend to have lower levels of testosterone. We see this on, in people that are, say, taking chronic opiate pain medications that can lower testosterone. Mm -hmm. We see it uh, very commonly in patients with HIV have low testosterone. Uh, testosterone tends to be lower uh, in men with obesity. So body weight plays a really, really important role. Uh, things like head injury 
uh, can cause uh, issues with low testosterone. The first step in hormone synthesis for testosterone occurs actually in the brain as your hypothalamus and pituitary glands secrete um, the hormones that tell the testes to make testosterone. Um, common medications that can lower testosterone even include non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen. Common use of those medications can lower testosterone. Um, lots of different things that can lower it. Wow. Are there some sort of or any kind of basic signs or symptoms that men might notice that would low like indicate low testosterone? Yeah, the, the progression of symptoms is usually pretty slow. And so, so often men don't notice right away. I would probably say the earliest symptom that we tend to see reported in men is loss of morning erection. Waking up with an erection in the morning is it should be pretty common for adult males. Mm -hmm. And as that becomes less frequent, that could be a sign of low testosterone. Uh, declining libido is a big symptom of low testosterone. Another common symptom in medicine, we call it the term anhedonia, but it's really defined as not taking enjoyment in things that you used to really, really like to do, whether it's riding your bicycle or going to the gym or going hiking or camping. When you start to lose interest in that, that could certainly be a symptom of low testosterone. Uh, progressive weight gain and difficulty losing weight can be yeah. a symptom of low testosterone. Um, loss of strength or loss of muscle mass is a very, very common symptom, but it tends to be a whole constellation of symptoms. And if men want to take a look at a scoring tool, we use often what's called an ATOM score, which stands for androgen deficiency in the aging male. But if you Google ATOM score, it'll go through common symptoms associated with low testosterone. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of them. Um, you spoke on obesity. How important of a factor is obesity in causing low testosterone? Very, very important. What's interesting in obesity is the higher levels of body fat you have, the higher levels you tend to have of estrogen, even as a male. And what we tend to see is elevated levels of estrogen or high levels of estrogen actually can inhibit your body from producing more testosterone. And the only way men have estrogen is some of their testosterone gets converted by an enzyme in the body to estrogen, as opposed to females who have ovaries that secrete estrogen. Mm -hmm. So as your estrogen level elevates, your, your body starts to think that that's related to too much testosterone. And so inhibits the secretion of these hormones from the hypothalamus and pituitary gland in the brain, which impacts the ability of the testicles to make testosterone. Gotcha. How is low testosterone diagnosed? Have to have lab work. That's really the only way. And, and there's lots of different disease processes that could mimic low testosterone. So you never go by hunch. You absolutely have to get blood work. We usually like to see early morning blood levels as that should give us the highest level of testosterone that a patient has during the day. And usually the recommendation is to get at least two levels. It's always impressive to see how, how there can be difference in the levels between one day and another. Um, something as simple as poor sleep the night before, um, can really impact testosterone levels. So you want to make sure that you have the right diagnosis and you're not missing something else. Right, right. Now you said that low T significantly affects the man's sexual desire, but how does it affect performance? Anything like that? Yeah, absolutely can impact erectile function. And erectile function, we tend to see occur from a, a couple of different mechanisms. It can be hormonal, low testosterone. It could be a sign of uh, peripheral vascular disease where the blood vessels leading to the penis have buildup of plaque, which narrows blood flow. Uh, I tend to see that in men that have advanced heart disease. So that's something you never wanna miss if they're having issues with erectile function. Sometimes it can be related to um, 
you know, an injury in the back or nerve injuries. Uh, but often mm -hmm. we see this as a presenting symptom in men with low testosterone. So what's the difference between low testosterone and erectile dysfunction? Or do they go hand in hand? They can go hand in hand, but again, there's other things that can cause erectile dysfunction. That's why it's really important to get a good physical exam and talk through your symptoms with your with your physician or your advanced practice provider. Okay. Now, aside from physical and sexual changes, would you say that there are some cognitive changes uh, attributed to low T? You know, the evidence is still not definitive on that. There's been kind of conflicting studies where have showed that, that you can see some issues with um, cognitive impairment with age and decreased low testosterone, decreased testosterone. There's certainly lots of anecdotal reports from men where they feel like that brain fog that they have has improved with um, use of testosterone when they're deficient. But I would say that that question's not been definitively answered yet. Gotcha. Let's jump into a little bit of what to do if one is diagnosed with low T. What, what do the most common and successful treatments look like for a patient? Well, I think always the most successful treatment, if you had to rate these, would be no treatment at all. If you could identify a lifestyle change that you're able to remedy without having to take any medications, that's always the first first route to go. The, the less invasive the treatment, the better the treatment is. Um, but there's lots of different things. I think it's key also to make sure that we're not missing another disease process that can cause low testosterone. Sometimes it's something as simple as untreated thyroid disease, or it's something mm -hmm. as simple as low levels of vitamin D. Um, sometimes it can be related to a medication that we have you on. Um, sometimes it can be related to something as simple as poor sleep. So really trying to get a good history on a patient and evaluate if there's any potential impacts from their lifestyle or what, what they're using as far as medications would be key, making sure that we're not missing other disease processes. Um, it's not uncommon where we can sometimes find tiny little tumors in the pituitary gland, which aren't cancerous, but their presence can make it more difficult to secrete those hormones that we talked about the increased testosterone production in the testes. So you really have to listen to the patient, get a good history, and then really try and figure out what would be the best intervention. Lots of patients, unfortunately, that don't respond completely to lifestyle interventions that still benefit from therapies. And that can include you know, a bunch of different medications really that, that either focus on helping the body produce testosterone or actually replacing the testosterone as well. Okay. Now, I believe, uh... You know, like you said, there's natural ways to boost testosterone, also diets, exercises. Uh, what are your top recommendations? You know, the, the first thing, you know, we really recommend is trying to improve those habits that we know improve testosterone production. So uh, sleep is huge. Sleep's big, big, big. We often see um, low testosterone in men that have untreated obstructive sleep apnea. And that's not just something that will lower their testosterone, that's something that long-term can increase their risk for heart attack and stroke, can cause them to gain weight. So really wanna make sure that we're not missing that. Um, other things that, that we can do um, as well is really focusing on our diet, making sure that we're eating one, the right number of calories for us, and then also making sure that we're not eating a lot of processed foods. Uh, one of the things that we've seen as we've moved to becoming more uh, industrialized as humans is that there's a lot of chemicals that we're exposed to in our environment that we would call endocrine disruptors. So, you know, things that are in pesticides, you know, things that are in plastics that are containers for our food, right. things that are sometimes in soaps and shampoos and perfumes. 
Um, really trying to limit exposure to those is key. And then keeping a healthy weight, as we discussed, if we can keep ourselves in a healthy weight, that really helps our body optimize its uh, production of testosterone. Also, how we exercise uh, is really interesting. If, if you can do some resistance training, being respectful of your joints as you age, we don't want to lead to orthopedic injuries, but if you can do some sort of resistance where you're taxing the muscles, that can help improve testosterone production. And it's, it's often not uncommon if we see big time endurance athletes, sometimes doing overtraining in that endurance kind of cardio can lower testosterone as well. Um, but really it's, it's that whole lifestyle, managing your stress, managing your sleep, managing your weight, managing your diet, making good choices. We'll be back with more on low testosterone in men right after this short break. This season of His Health is sponsored by Boston Scientific. Did you know that diabetes, heart disease, and prostate cancer procedures can contribute to erectile dysfunction? Many men aren't aware of this or of all the treatment options that a board-certified urologist can offer. Understand your options and learn where you can find an ED specialist to help. Visit edcure.org to get the facts and find a urologist who can offer treatment options that work when pills and injections don't. Again, that's edcure.org. And for more information about Boston Scientific, visit bostonscientific.com. His Health is back with our guest, Dr. Getz, and we're discussing low testosterone in men. Now, I've heard a little bit about this TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. How is that used and administrated? Yeah, testosterone replacement therapy is a pretty broad term, I'd say, as far as different strategies to returning a male who's defined as deficient back to normal physiologic levels, so levels that would be normal for them. And so treatments can range from actually using testosterone um, via injections, or there's gels or creams, or there's even patches you could put on, or using other medications that have traditionally been used to treat um, fertility problems in both men and women, but work by increasing those hormones that are produced in the brain, basically sending more signals down to the testicles saying, hey, make more, more testosterone. Mm -hmm. And are there any adverse reactions or side effects to this treatment? And if so, what might those be? Sure. Just, just like any, any medication, any treatment, there's always potential side effects or risks. And, you know, some of the more severe, thankfully, are very rare. On testosterone, for example, there is a slight increased risk of blood clot. And so it's really important that you're watching out for that, but statistically very, very low. More common side effects, we can see men, if we increase their testosterone levels, it's not uncommon for them to, to have increased acne if that's something they struggled with before. And sometimes we have to you know, adjust the dose to, to effectively control that or add other medications. Um, one that um, can be common if men are prone to hair loss, and that's, there's a big genetic component to that. It's not uncommon to see men have some thinning hair if they, they're prone to male pattern baldness. Um, you know, one thing that, that I think in the past has been a concern is does putting somebody on testosterone replacement therapy increase their risk for heart disease? But I think the evidence now is pretty definitive that men who are truly deficient, deficient in testosterone for long periods of time actually have higher risks of cardiovascular disease. So it actually benefits their cardiovascular health to replace their testosterone. However, there is a certain segment of the population that has advanced heart disease that you have to watch really closely. And one of the side effects we see with testosterone is it can raise blood pressure a little bit. So we have to watch out for that. 
It can also increase the body's ability to produce red blood cells, which can be a good thing, but a small percentage of patients make too many red blood cells. So sometimes we have to recommend either lowering their dose or having them donate blood. Um, sleep apnea that we talked about, uh, as testosterone will increase your muscle mass, put some weight on certain people, sometimes that can worsen obstructive sleep apnea. So it's really important that we're watching for that as well. Oh, wow. I'm sure this is a big one on people's minds too. Can the treatment cause and cause fertility issues? That's absolutely true. Um, you know, one of the first questions you have to ask a patient who's a candidate for therapy is what are what are your desires for ongoing fertility? Because if you put a male on testosterone, testosterone will lower sperm count. And so better treatment options for men that fall in that category and still want to increase the size of their family are those medications that work by increasing the hormone production in the brain, which tell the testes to uh, produce testosterone. And those are therapies that we have used for a long, long time in the past to treat men who had fertile fertility issues to increase their sperm count. Gotcha. Now, you always hear mixed feelings about how effective vitamins and supplements are in general. How successful are testosterone supplements or boosters that one would buy over-the-counter online? You know, my overall assessment of those things is they kind of just make your wallet lighter. Uh, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you can do research, something as easy as zinc, you know, zinc supplement, which is just incredibly cheap. You can buy at Costco or off Amazon, can raise your testosterone. A lot of those things that you see in these cocktails of whatever they put on the, the label, they don't tend to work really well. If you really were motivated to do everything that you can, I would recommend doing those lifestyle changes that we talked about. Right. Um, making sure that you see your doctor so you're dialed in on what your your health status is and making sure we're not missing something as simple as like a vitamin D deficiency, which if you're deficient can certainly impact your testosterone. What about other hormones like estrogen? If a man is experiencing low T, can that be to, due to increasing in, es in estrogen or other hormones? Because, you know, you always hear these wild things like, don't drink too much soy milk or soy protein products because it contains phytoestrogen, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any truths to that? There is truth to that. Uh, remembering that estrogen can inhibit the hypothalamus from secreting, we call this hormone uh, GnRH or gonadotropic releasing hormone. Mm -hmm. And if you decrease that, it ultimately leads to less testosterone production. Uh, phytoestrogen containing foods, soys, things like tofu, we try and limit in men for that reason. And it's interesting that women who are having menopausal symptoms tend to have lighter menopause eating those foods because we know it, it mimics estrogen. I would say it's rare for us to see a person who comes in their issue is solely uh, elevated estrogen, but it's something you look for. Uh, there's another hormone called prolactin, which infrequently we can diagnose a person with elevated prolactin, which explains their symptoms. And if you treat it, helps those symptoms resolve. Okay. Let's get to the goal here. Say a patient is going through one of these treatments, whether it's pharmaceutical or TRT, or changing their lifestyle habits? What kind of improvements can a patient expect to see and how long before they might see results? Yeah, you know, the goal of therapy is to really try and reverse the symptoms that brought the patient in for treatment. And so the first step is making sure that you're diagnosing the appropriate condition and making sure that the patient is actually a candidate for this therapy. And then when you start the therapy, the goal is to bring them back to that level where they feel good and they're still within 
what we call normal physiologic ranges. So ranges that are normal for humans to have. And there's certainly too much of a good thing. You know, you see people uh, in the community that are abusing testosterone for lots of different reasons, whether it's to increase athletic performance or for bodybuilding. And there's very real long-term effects with that. And so we want to make sure that any therapy that we put you on is better than the disease we're treating and safe. So there's things that we have to follow along with that, including those red blood cell counts we talked about. Although testosterone doesn't cause prostate cancer, it can make pre-existing cancer, prostate cancer, grow more rapidly. So it's very important that we're following prostate-specific antigens as patients are seeing their primary care doctors and having annual prostate exams. And so you have to look for those things. But ideally, if you came in and your issues were with low libido or erectile dysfunction, we want to see that resolve. And those tend to resolve more quickly on therapy. Longer-term results, for example, putting on more muscle mass, um, yeah is you would see now it's not a it's not a magic bullet for weight loss which i think men sometimes believe it can certainly help with weight loss but the key to that weight loss is doing those good lifestyle interventions adopting a good diet getting good yeah. sleep exercising yeah man dr Getz, thank you for all this wonderful information is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience or let them know about low testosterone that you haven't covered already you know i just reiterate it's important to have this discussion with your doctor um, two, the therapy is not for everybody. You don't want to treat somebody who doesn't need it. So you have to have symptoms and have low levels to qualify for therapy. However, what we do see in those patients that are truly deficient and are having symptoms, um, they do really, really well on therapy and it can improve their life greatly. Thank you. And lastly, we have a couple of social questions. Eddie from Twitter asks, are there any natural solutions for boosting testosterone levels? You know, again, kind of like we talked about, what grandma would tell you is good advice for health, making sure that you're sleeping well, mm -hmm. eating right, exercise, including making doing that resistance training. You know, if you want to take vitamin supplements, zinc's a good supplement, making sure you have good amounts of vitamin D and avoiding those potential uh, chemicals and plastics and, and, you know, pesticides and foods, et cetera. Gotcha. And lastly, Todd from Instagram asks, is hair loss generally an indicator of low T or is that more related to genetics? Hair loss is generally an issue with, um, there's a predisposed um, risk of losing hair that's usually genetic. So you can usually see it running in the family. And for some reason, these men have hair follicles that are very sensitive to DHT or dihydrotestosterone, mm -hmm. which is a metabolite of testosterone. Testosterone gets converted into DHT. and the problem with this is DHT also is really good for men in the right doses. It helps with muscle mass and, and it's just like testosterone. Um, so we want to try and avoid therapies that lower that because although you might be preserving hair, you're probably making those other symptoms worse. Um, interestingly, men that have hair follicle transplants where they take hair from a non male pattern baldness spot and transplant it into that spot are resistant to DHT. So you don't have to mm. worry about hair transplants um, being harmed by these type of therapies to improve testosterone. All right. Well, Dr. Getz, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing your knowledge. I hope we have you back soon. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite, Rick. Once again, I want to take a moment to thank Dr. Getz for joining us today on His Health, our friends at Boston Scientific for sponsoring this show, and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to continuing the conversation on men's health with more experts from Providence in future episodes. And be sure to listen to all of our shows on Dash Radio, under Future of Health Radio, or on your favorite podcast platform. 
And you can follow us on social media where we can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and Instagram under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission programs and services, please check out providence.org. Thank you for listening and be healthy.